So much to be thankful for and celebrate. Amen? Amen. He is good. He is with us. And uh, we are finishing our 21-day time of prayer and fasting today. And uh, some of you, that's a huge cheer. Some of you, uh, hopefully, we believe that maybe God has set in motion uh, some new lifestyle habits, some new things that you've tasted and, and you've realized like how good God is. And I want to invite you to like, say, okay, like, I'm not going to wait again until next January to pray and fast. Like, what would it look like to say, I'm going to make this a part of my lifestyle? You know, we fast uh, as a church corporately we, uh, every Wednesday. So if you're like, well, I don't know what it looks like. How about Wednesdays, right? Uh, inviting God to do what he wants to do in this coming year. Uh, we have a lot to praise and to thank him for. And uh, the year is just getting started. One of the things uh, we often need to point out is that lamp over there symbolizes that at least one person gave their life to Christ this week through Pathway. And so when it's lit... That's because God has uh, come into somebody's life. And uh, last Sunday, it was actually uh, one of our senior adult pastors, Pastor Bill, uh, who heard of an individual that was struggling, had a chance to meet with them, engage with them. Uh, He and his wife, Elaine, and this individual gave their life to Christ last Sunday night and was here at Better Together on Wednesday. Like, how cool is that? Like, uh, it's not just a light, it's a real person that has found Jesus. So, so much to be thankful for. Today, we're going to be looking at this idea of free to serve. And what does it mean that in this journey of he knows us and the plans that he has, that God wants to free us to serve. Now, before we get into the word and go there, I want to tell you what's coming because we wrap up a series today, but next week we start a new one. Next week, we'll start a new series called Renovate uh, and Radiate. This is uh, based on the book of Nehemiah. And uh, it's going to be an incredible journey. Uh, We have extra resources and tools that will be a part of that and available. You don't want to miss it. Uh, Most of us want God to break through. We want change. But then when we actually start to go through change, like, we freak out. And, and, and actually, there's a way to do it together with God and with others that, that will lead to us ultimately not just being renovated, but radiating for Jesus. So I'm, I'm really excited about what's coming and uh, this series that will start next week together. Are you excited? I hope so. So we've been in the book of Exodus, and we'll be in chapter 4 today. But I want to start with this question. What is God's goal and God's plan, right? What is his plan for your life and his goal? And if you look theologically and scripturally, there's this move of God from the beginning of Genesis all the way through Revelation that continues today that's ultimately about God rescuing, restoring, and freeing a people who can freely serve him. That's his goal. It is a people free to serve him. Now, you you might immediately hear that word serve and think, well, this has to do with volunteering. Yeah, it does, but it's bigger than that. It's deeper than that. This has to do with how you show up Monday, Tuesday, every day that ends with the word D-A-Y or the letters D-A-Y. Like this is seven days a week. God wants to free a people that are willing to say, he's my first. I'm gonna worship him. I'm gonna serve him. That's his goal. And in the book of Exodus, we see how that plays out. We've seen a man named Moses that God rescued. We've seen the people of God beginning to to understand that God's doing a new thing. And, And then we've seen the reality is it all points to Yahweh throughout the book of Exodus. 
This God who desires relationship with you and I. And yet for them, they have something standing in the way. They, they have something standing in the way of their freedom. And it's this nation of Egypt, this man called Pharaoh. And, and God's going to begin to move in and through that to set them free. And how he does that is going to teach us a lot. Y'all ready? Come on. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 4. And uh, we pick up in verse 18 of chapter 4. The text says this. Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law. And he said to him, please let me go back to my brothers in Egypt to see whether they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, go in peace. I'm going to pause right there. There's a number of things here because Moses was rescued out of the Nile. At age 40, he made a big mistake. You ever made a mistake? He actually uh, took things into his own hands, murdered somebody, then had to hide for the next 40 years in the wilderness. He actually met a woman named Zipporah whose father was Jethro, and, and he was a shepherd. And so Moses learned to tend the flock and be with the sheep and depend on God and grew with God. And, and the beauty of that is to remember that no matter what we've done, God isn't done. That, that our past doesn't define our future, God does. So, so here we are at age 80. So there's a 40-year period. He makes a mistake, another 40 years, and God's about to release him and, and use him in a mighty way. Now, some of you, you have trouble with 40 minutes, okay? Yes, you heard right, 40 years. And, and here he is going to Jethro to say, will you release my, me and my family? And I, I just want to speak for a minute to the parents in the room. This is a moment where Jethro's heart had to be open to God, had to be, just as Moses' heart had to be open to God, Jethro could have said no, but he frees him to leave with his daughter, the grandchildren. Some of you have kids that are gonna come to you and say, I think God wants me to do this, and it's not gonna match your plan. It might not even match all the money you save for their college. Oh, it's getting quiet. Jethro frees Moses to serve and follow God. Hopefully we'll do the same, right? So verse 19, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, I'm sorry, verse 19, And the Lord said to Moses and Midian, Go back to Egypt, for all the men who are seeking your life are dead. So Moses took his wife and his sons and had them ride on a donkey and went back to the land of Egypt, and Moses took the staff of God in his hand. That staff, we learn through the scripture in the story, symbolized God's presence and power with him. It was used by God as a sign uh, that, that he could rest in and rely on and trust God with him. And, and I just want to encourage you during these 21 days, hopefully God, in the time you've learned to spend with him, has created a staff in your life. Right? What is, what is the sword of God, the word of God? What is the thing that we're supposed to hold on to and walk with and, and carry into every season? It's his word. So Moses is carrying what he had at that time, this staff. And it says, And the Lord said to Moses, When you go back to Egypt, see that you do before Pharaoh all the miracles that I have put in your power. But I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my firstborn son. Can you say firstborn? And I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. If you refuse to let him go, behold, I will kill your 
firstborn son. Now, as we get into this and look at it, if you're taking notes, the first thing I want to point out is when God is first, we will always win in the end. That, that God, when he is first in our life, we will always win in the end. So, so the act of obedience, the act of that first step isn't easy, right? It's not easy for Moses to go to Jethro and say, hey, can you release us to go free, freely serve God? It's not going to be easy for Moses to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. That first step, though, while it may be difficult, we can be assured that God, when he's with us, is undefeated. Our God is undefeated. Did you know that? Like, that's a pretty good record undefeated and undefeatable. And so Moses knows that even though when he faces Pharaoh, Pharaoh 10 times, nine times will say, no, you cannot go, his heart will harden, that that God ultimately will win in the end. And this is so important to understand because again, some of us freak out over timing. Some of us freak out when trouble begins to happen. We're not promised that obedience will be easy. We're not promised that everything will be smooth sailing or a straight path. God promises, I'll walk with you and straighten it and walk with you as it goes. I'm gonna get you through it. I am going to have the victory. Come on, church. So, So he always wins in the end. Now, when you think about that and what it might mean for your life, the the other thing that is present here in these first few verses, and maybe you caught it, was Pharaoh's heart would be hardened. And in that hardening of his heart, he would actually be used by God in a way that he didn't anticipate or expect. And it's actually the condition of our heart that determines our destiny. Your heart posture and my heart posture is gonna determine our destiny. For Jethro and Moses, that was free to serve and God would carry out his plans. For Pharaoh, that was something that actually would cost him dearly because of his hardened heart. There are moments as you read through the book of Exodus when God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And then there were moments where Pharaoh hardened his own heart. You ever like got a little crispy about something? A little burn on the edges? A little stubborn? (laughs) Some of you are right there right now, right? Yeah. Our heart posture, when it's soft and open to God, is what he's looking for and what frees us to serve him and his plans. Listen to what the message version, it's a paraphrase, says about these same few verses. It says, God said to Moses, when you get back to Egypt, be prepared. All the wonders that I will do through you, you'll do before Pharaoh, but I will make him stubborn so that he will refuse to let the people go. Then you are to tell Pharaoh God's message. Israel is my son, my firstborn. I told you, free my son so that he can serve me. But you refuse to free him. So now I'm going to kill your son, your firstborn. There would be a deep cost to his stubborn and hardened heart that affected his destiny. And often a hard shell can affect ours. Now, I, I grew up in the generation where like magic shell appeared. Uh, some of you, we'll put a picture up this. Uh, Smuckers owes me a shout out, right? A, l- a little brand endorsement here. Uh, do you, re- you all have experienced magic shell? Okay, about three of you like it. I thought it was the most amazing thing as a kid. I, I loved it, right? You, you pour this stuff out on your ice cream and it hardens and, and, it, and like... 
I remember as a kid going, how does it do that, right? Like, how does it not get hard in the pantry and hard in the bottle, but it's on the ice cream? And you know, it's not the ice cream, it's the temperature of the ice cream. You see, it's actually the condition and temperature of the ice cream that causes the shell to harden. How many of you know that our heart has a temperature? I'm talking spiritually now, right? That, that our heart can grow cold and calloused. And, and when that happens, it begins to get stubborn and, and has a hard shell to it. And, and yet there's this temperature when God begins to move that softens our heart. And when God begins to move that maybe lights our heart back on fire for him, that's what we want in our lives, is a heart on fire for him so that shell just melts away and we're open to his plans. When you think about that, know that that is something God is really good at doing, right? When we're open and honest, he can exchange a hard heart. Listen to what Ezekiel 36, verse 25 through 27 says. It says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanliness and from all your idols, I will cleanse you. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and be careful to obey my rules. God can exchange a hard, stubborn heart for his, amen? And when you think about that in your life, understand there was a lot going on in that moment for those that lived in that day and age. You see, for the Egyptians, there was actually uh, a practice where they would take what looked like a, a, a necklace, an amulet. It was a scarab that actually they would lay on a dead person's heart. And, and it looked kind of like a beetle because they believed in mythology that uh, a beetle actually had the power of life, death, and resurrection. So, so they would place it on the heart with the intent that that heart would be silent and would not confess anything in judgment because they believed that when you were to come into judgment that your, the scales would be weighed and whether or not you had good or evil outweighing is whether or not you would be okay. Now, spoiler alert, Jesus took care of all that. You see, what Jesus does is he says, no, your heart is meant to come clean to me. Come, to, come before me to not be silent, but to confess everything because all of us have something. None of us can do it without him and his blood, the blood of the firstborn when he's first covers us. That's really good news what he does and what he has for us. So we're saved and set free by confession, if you're taking notes, not by silence. And our God is a God, when we confess and we begin to come clean, promises in that humility to do something. Listen to what uh, the teacher's commentary says. It says, God does not want to break our spirits, but he cannot use pride. When we accept ourselves as nobodies, only then can we become somebodies whom God can use. 1 John 1, 9 says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, God wins in the end and he looks for a people that are humble enough as Moses was 
to say, God, I am not, but I'm getting to know I am. I'm getting to know you. And I'm trusting that you can take this heart and you can do something with it. Now, as we move into the next couple of verses, it's about to get weird. Like, these are the verses that most of you would be like, I would expect a pastor to skip those. But y'all, we're, we're teaching through the Bible, right? So we're going to hit them. Y'all excited? Oh, you are. I'm nervous. These are definitely very strange, hard to interpret verses. Here we go. Verse 24. It says, at a lodging place on the way, the Lord met him, Moses, and sought to put him to death. This is the guy that's called. This is the guy God wants to use. And here's God wanting to put him to death. What is going on? It says, then Zipporah took, Zipporah took a flint and cut off her son's foreskin and touched Moses' feet with it and said, surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me. So he let him alone. It was then that she said, a bridegroom of blood because of the circumcision. How y'all doing? If you're taking notes here, freedom comes when the blood of the firstborn is first in our lives. And I want to unpack this for us because you, you heard correctly. Moses had not circumcised his son. And in that area of compromise, God who had established a covenant in Genesis 17 with a man named Abram. Abraham is how many of us know him. That covenant in Genesis 17 said that the males would be circumcised and that if they weren't circumcised, that by the eighth day, that they would be cut off from their people. So God's stepping in to do what God said. And who rescues him? Zipporah, his wife. If you're single, tune in for a minute. If you're married, just tell your wife or husband, I'm so glad I chose you. But if you're single, you need to take note. Who we marry matters. Because Zipporah is used by God. And I can tell you, being married 22 years, there have been moments where my wife, Cindy, has been used by God to help get me where I needed to be. God uses her to actually help Moses. And it's dramatic, right? Now, what does it mean you're a, a bridegroom of blood? Lots of different scholarship and interpretation on this. It could have meant like, hey, you're blood to me, right? We're like family. But it's more likely because of how it plays out in the Exodus story and later with Jesus, the firstborn, that, that the blood that covered his feet was a foreshadowing of the blood of the firstborn son, Jesus, who would mark each of us as his bride. Come on, church. So when the, there's a freedom that comes when we actually put the blood of the firstborn first in our lives. And unfortunately, Moses had made a compromise. Compromises on our priorities are costly and this is something we need to think about right now because we want freedom, we want God's blessing, but if we've compromised a priority, Moses compromised, and maybe there's some things we've compromised on, some things that have placed God not as first, but as second or third or fourth. These could be emotions, might be fear, worry, anxiety, 
depression. These could be things like actual sinful behavior, like maybe it's gluttony. We have an an affair with food and it's first. Maybe it's pornography or lust, alcohol use, nicotine, something that maybe is driving everything. Maybe it's the the, uh, hyper-focus on career or family that's put that first and not God. If you would, would you get out your phones with me? Please silence them. I don't want to talk to your neighbor or I don't want to hear your text coming in, but we're going to use our phones to do something together. Uh, We're going to do an activity. You're going to need your camera and we're going to actually do some real talk, real time. So real talk, there'll be a QR code that uh, you'll be able to scan right there. If you've never done that, you just point your camera at the QR code, a little Uh, yellow link for most of us, blue for others, might pop up. You click on it. It's going to take you to a link that looks something like this that has a question. This next slide will show you uh, the QR code. What has been first in my life, not God? Now, before you do anything, you get one word to respond. We're all going to respond at the same time. It's completely anonymous. I'm going to ask that you use PG wording, but be real, okay? Now, we do have a moderator that's moderating all of this. And what is going to happen is it's going to populate a word cloud. Somebody has already put money in. And what's going to happen is as you put your entry in, we're going to actually see. We saw this at 9 o'clock for that service. We're going to see this at 11 o'clock for this service right now, right in front of us. What are the things that are first and not God? And you're going to see that you're not alone. That all of us have areas of compromise. We'll give you another 30 to 60 seconds to respond. If you're wondering how it works, the, one, the word in the middle that's the biggest and boldest and centered, that's the one that's getting the most responses that are similar. Isn't this cool? Can you just thank our tech team? Isn't this awesome? And here's what I want us to to understand in this. That there are things that we've compromised that God's saying, I want you to put me first and I want to set you free. Now, as we look at this list, some of these things are, are negative and they're areas of sin. Others are actually good. Like, I don't think anyone would argue with family, which many of us are putting. At nine o'clock, that was the number one. I don't think any of us would argue that that's not a good priority. It's just, it's not meant to be first. God's meant to be first. Are you tracking with me? And so as you look at this, we're gonna actually be able to print this off for this service. We'll share it. Our staff will pray over it. And we're gonna pray over it right now. Listen to what Hebrews 12, one and two says. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. So this is known as a word cloud that is witnessing to compromise, witnessing to things that are ahead of God. But scripture says that because we have a cloud of witnesses, people of faith that put God first and went ahead of us, here's what it says. Let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, 
despising the shame and is seated at, seated at the right hand of the throne of God for the joy set before him. You see, when God sets us free, when he's first and we're free to serve him, there's a joy that comes with that. Because anytime we're aligned properly to God, there is blessing and favor and peace and joy that comes with it. So here's what I wanna do right now before I finish the rest of the message. You were open and honest, and we just had some real talk because it's up on the screen. Can you give yourselves a hand? Now, I'm gonna go a little Pentecostal, campground, revival kind of feel. Y'all ready? Okay. If you're in agreement that you've got some things that God wants to, to actually say, hey, be second, I wanna be first, just raise one hand. With the other hand, we're gonna agree because scripture says where two or three are gathered and we pray in agreement, in Matthew 18, we can bind and loose things. And we're gonna do that right now. So you're praying for you, praying for your neighbor and whatever is up here, Amen. Jesus, right now, I thank you for the honesty and openness online and in this room. We thank you that, Father, you loved us enough to send your son, Jesus, the firstborn son, that your blood shed on the cross, your resurrection delivers us and heals us, sets us free from everything here on earth. And Father, we confess today that often we are putting other things ahead of you, that you are second, third, maybe even further down the list, And Father, right now, I'm just praying over this list, this cloud that is up here, that you would allow us to look to you, to be set free, to put you first, set our schedules free, set people free from addictions and habits, create new habits in Jesus' name. I pray for healing and wholeness. I pray for deliverance and freedom, that we could walk as a people that are free to serve you and have the joy of Jesus overflowing. Thank you, God, for what you are going to do in this moment and in the days ahead as we follow you and put you first. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen, amen. God is good. God is good. Now, we'll get those out so you can see them on social media. Uh, if you're on there, if you, want, if you want a copy, send an email. We'll give you this service and the nine. They looked a little different, but it's so cool to see what God is doing, isn't it? He's a God that answers prayer. Now, what's interesting is the next few verses where we'll finish in Exodus 4 are actually how the people respond. You're going to hear Moses' response. He's going to be moving forward in freedom and in faith. He's actually going to move forward with a belief and a very bold obedience. As he does that, another man named Aaron is going to join him. Aaron uh, will be used by God as well as a spokesperson, as a vehicle for what God is doing. But it's not just them. It's all of the people of God will have a response. They, They will begin to believe and they'll be prepared to boldly obey God as they walk into a new freedom. Pathway Church, this is your home church or you're checking us out. I believe God's looking for us in this season to hear from him, to believe, and to boldly obey what he shows us. And as we look at this, there's some ways that that plays out. Let's take a look in verse 27. It says, then the Lord said to Aaron, go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So he went and met him at the mountain of God and kissed him. Now, 
Let me make that a 2024 moment, okay? The kiss was a greeting and hospitality. If you're new to the Bible, it wasn't anything weird, okay? It, it, think of like a fist bump, a high five, a handshake. They're greeting one another at the place that God is meeting them and meeting Moses. Notice their response. Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord with which he had sent him to speak and all the signs that he had commanded him to do. Then Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the people of Israel. Aaron spoke all the words that the Lord had spoken to Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. And the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the people of Israel and that they had seen their affliction, they bowed their heads and worshiped. It is never too soon to worship, church. It is never too soon to say, God, I see you, I believe, and I wanna to begin to worship you and praise you even in advance of the victory. They were gonna to have to walk through some things. They were gonna to have to deal with Pharaoh and, uh, and an army that would come against them. They were gonna to have to look to God for food in the desert and in the wilderness. And yet they chose to believe and to worship which fueled their obedience. There is something that God wants us to grab onto to be free to serve means that we're gonna believe and we need to worship instead of worry. We need to pray instead of complain. We need to look to him and deepen our trust. And church, God has been hitting me hard with this this week. That, that as your pastor, I believe there are things that God is getting ready to, us, to lead us into. And there have been moments where God's been convicting me that I'm too worried, I'm too afraid, I'm, I'm not worshiping in the way I need to worship. So if he's gonna raise my level of worship and trust, I'm guessing yours is next or yours might already be ahead of mine. Come on, church. You see, there's a belief and a bold obedience that leads us where God wants to take us. And there's steps that will be required with that belief and bold obedience. Back in the uh, beginning of last year, in 2023, I had a prayer that I was putting before the Lord that God, if, if I'm to speak or travel or do anything, only if I can bring a family member or a church family member with me. God was really gracious uh, throughout the year. Uh, there was a few speaking trips, there was a mission trip, and I got to bring family with me. Now, I'm gonna show you a picture. I didn't have a permission for this, so my son is gonna be very upset, but this is us in New York. This is when I preached in Brooklyn. Love you, buddy. My firstborn son is in the room. And uh, this was such a great trip. We were out walking around, doing all the sightseeing things. The next picture is why I wanted to show you this. This is the Empire State Building. Uh, we wanted to see it. It's incredible. And uh, I mean, the picture doesn't do it justice. It's so large and so high. It's 86 floors. And, and actually, there are people that at least once a year for a fundraiser, they'll get 350 runners that will race up those 86 floors. Now, this is interesting uh, because those are like not on the elevator, right? It's the stairs. And, and how do you climb the Empire State Building? One step at a time. Now, if you're like me, you wanna know, well, like what's the average time for somebody to get to the top? It's 30 minutes. Uh, the female record is 11 minutes and some change. The male record is nine minutes and some change. They still take it one step at a time. Now, here's what's interesting. Dawson and I are there and, and we're looking at it. And, and I gotta tell you, this is the only picture I have because I saw it 
and I saw what would it take and the cost to actually climb up it, both financially, I didn't want to spend the money, and then also the time. I just wonder how many of us have looked to Jesus and been like, oh yeah, I believe, but you really haven't entered in. You, you, you really haven't been willing to, to pay the, the cost. Because see, he, as the firstborn, has paid the price for us. But there will be, in following him boldly, some moments of sacrifice, some moments of surrender, some moments where there's a little bit of cost to the journey. I just wonder if some of us have the picture, but we've never actually entered in. Let me take you to where we're going to finish today in John chapter 3. Man, a religious leader named Nicodemus approaches Jesus, and as he does, he wants to know what it means to be in a relationship with him, to have that belief. And it's interesting because Jesus begins talking about what it means to be born again, that, that the, actually the belief in Jesus will lead to the Holy Spirit essentially swapping out our heart for a new heart, and we're born again, we're a new creation. Now, look at what it says in chapter 3, verse 14. It says, And as Moses lifted up, so it goes back to the story of Moses that we've been in, the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God, one of the most familiar verses in all of Scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever, can you say whoever? Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. Now, that is a first step that some of us, whether we're online or in person, may need to take today. To say, as scripture says in Romans 10, 9, if I confess with my mouth and believe with my heart, I will be saved. Jesus came, lived a sinless life, died and rose again to offer you and I life and life abundantly. He forgives our sins. He comes into our life. He changes us. And that first step is that belief. But look at the next step if we're stepping into this journey. Verse 19, and this is judgment. The light has come into the world. And people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. So if you're taking notes, what does a life of belief and bold obedience look like? Three things. First, Confess your belief in Jesus. Confess your belief in Jesus and who he is and what he can do. Secondly, come into his light with all of you. Whatever has been maybe ahead of God, whatever maybe is standing in the way, whatever's been hidden in the darkness, said there, part of belief is the bold obedience to bring everything into the light and to confess That softens our heart and frees us to serve him. Thirdly, to serve so others see God at work, not you. You ever met somebody who was serving to get credit? Serving to be seen? 
serving to be valued and affirmed. And while we want you to feel valued and affirmed and loved here, and and we want to support you and encourage you in your gifts and all those things, at the end of the day, if you're really free to serve, it ain't about you. It ain't about me. It's about God. That people would see God in us and glorify him as Matthew 5 talks about. So for the people in Exodus, they would begin to worship and walk in a belief and a bold obedience into what God had. My prayer and hope is we're gonna do the same. So three questions for you to close. First, will you freely serve him in 2024? This isn't an appeal to volunteer. Honestly, this is bigger than volunteering. I'm telling you, if you're ready for that and you're like, yeah, I gotta get in the game, I've been sitting on the bench, Like, that's the beauty. Like, I didn't say this in first service, but man, Lions are playing today. I'm from Michigan, got some great games. Nobody cares that I'm a Lions fan. Did you know that? Nobody's gonna invite me onto the field today. Nobody's gonna ask me my opinion of a play to run or, hey, can you you throw the ball, Pastor? Nobody's gonna do that. I don't get to get in the game. But guess what? You and I are free to serve him and get in this game. The greatest game. Secondly, what do you need to bring in the light and be boldly obedient with? What is it that God's saying, hey, you've been hiding this, you've been holding this back. Maybe it's something that was up on the screen in the word cloud. Maybe it's something that nobody else knows. You haven't even talked to God about it yet. And he's saying, hey, bring that forward. Let me set you free from that. Let let me in the light bring, and, and we need to be a people that don't just believe, but constantly are bringing things into the light. Third and last, have you put Jesus first in your life and confessed your belief in him? So as we go into a time of response right now, we're actually going to, I'm gonna pray us in and we're gonna have plenty of time to respond and and to linger in in this space and in this moment. I don't know what God's doing in your heart and mine, but I'm guessing that he knows and he's just waiting for you to come to him today. Our prayer partners will be available all the way across the the kneeling benches in the front. We'd love to pray with you if you're ready to receive Jesus. Or maybe as one of the songs we're gonna sing is gonna talk about, you just need somebody to speak Jesus and pray over you and agree with you for the freedom that you need. God is here and in this moment, We saw him do some beautiful things in the first service. If we open our hearts, I believe he is ready and free, free to serve. If you'll bow your heads just for a minute, Pastor Randy, I've got a question for you. I'm gonna pray over us. I need to figure out what we're doing right now. Just give me a second. So Lord, uh, we thank you for this moment right now. God, we are gonna lean in to your presence. We are gonna lean in for freedom. We are gonna lean in for all that you have for us. So God, I just ask for our hearts to be softened and open, that we'd come into the light with all of us that we could pray over one another, 
that we could worship you. Thank you for what you are gonna do in this time and space. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'll stand right where you are, we're gonna have a couple of songs. What a way to end a fast. What a way to end a series and a message to just really create all the space we can to come into the light before him, amen? Let's take advantage of this time.